Welcome to Rosie's Pantry, Food for Thought with Pastor Rose. This podcast is designed to share words of encouragement and hope. So let's see what's stored up in the pantry today. Many of us have heard the saying, bloom where you're planted. This is a popular affirmation said to have originated from a woman by the name of Mary Ingebert, author of uh, many children's books. It suggests that whether you're excited to be where you are or not, you can find purpose, life, and hope. There's a story of a young woman born in a servant-type environment. Hagar is her name, and in Hebrew, the the name Hagar means one who flees or uh, one who seeks refuge. Hagar was an Egyptian girl who was slave in a household of, of, of Sarah and Abraham. And Abraham was a man who was called by God to leave his home country in order to build a great nation and, and be blessed. Hagar's owner, Sarah, she could not conceive, she couldn't have children, uh, which was of all the primary function of a tribal leader's wife. So in Sarah's eyes, she was a failure, and her barren state was a constant torment. She recalled, and she talked to her husband, saying, After all, God did promise us a son, an heir to the promise. But God wasn't moving fast enough for Sarah. So Sarah decided to take matters in her own hands. She offers her servant, Hagar, to Abraham as a surrogate. Hagar would bear the child, would care for it, but it would belong to Sarah and her husband, and they would accept the child as their own. Sarah, in her mind, would help God and help God fulfill his his promise. For Hagar, it, it probably wasn't uncommon for female servants to be forced into unwanted behaviors or conduct repeatedly by their masters and, and even bear children, which the men seldom claimed. Hagar's predicament predict was one of abuse and, and poverty. And when you think about it, there was racial bias, sexual and economic exploitation, surrogacy. She was involved, she was a part of an environment of domestic violence and and at one point homelessness, motherhood, and single parenting. Yet Hagar had a radical encounter with God. Emotionally, Hagar was in a place that was not of her choice a situation she did not ask for, a, a, a quandary she, she couldn't correct even if she wanted to. Out of her pain and frustration, she taunted her owner, Sarah. After all, they had robbed her of her voice. They stole her virginity. They took her personhood and, and destroyed her genes. Hagar taunted Sarah. She knew her Pregnancy was one thing that Sarah and Abraham could not take from her. What do you do when you've been called, you feel called to a place you did not choose? Where, where do you turn when the very ones 
your serving have turned against you. For Hagar, the environment was one of hostility, rage, and jealousy. And between the women, you could have just imagined the tension. The tension was high. They're, they would look at each other and roll their eyes. They're, they would turn their head and snap their voices. And, and the words would be harsh. Just think, every morning, Hagar cried because she didn't want to report for duty. She fretted over the fact that she had to serve those ungrateful people. She found herself making excuses not to even report in. She'd make excuses like, my, my stomach is cramping, or I feel lightheaded today, or I just don't feel well. When in fact, she just couldn't face Sarah and her husband another day. However, Sarah couldn't take the sight or attitude of Hagar any longer either. The story goes that she despised. She despised Hagar. And she despised her so much she mistreated her. So Hagar fled from her. She ran. Anyone have ever felt like, have you ever felt like you just wanted to run from your situation? Run from your home. Run from the job. Run from yourself. Hagar did just that. She ran. The story goes that that God found her. An angel of the Lord searched for Hagar and found her in the desert by a spring of water. You know, it's interesting how people seeking redemption in the Bible always, always seem to be sent to a desert place. For example, the children of Israel were sent into the desert to wander there for 40 years. Fleeing from Jezebel, Elijah found redemption in the desert. And when you think about it, Jesus went into the desert for 40 40 days, seeking and, and waiting to hear from God. It's in the desert, away from the comforts of life, that God often finds us. It's there away, far removed from the familiar things that we can turn to God for help. It's in the desert where we are kept from being tossed back and forth by waves or blown here and there by every wind or craftiness of of deceitful people. In the desert places, God can speak to us, and, and it's there that we can hear. And the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord spoke to Hagar. And the angel asked Hagar, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where are you coming from and where are you going? The Lord calls her by name yet reminds her of her current status. And the fact that she is still accountable to Sarah, she should be back there. Hagar, you still have a responsibility to fulfill your duties. Running away stops nothing. Hagar responds. She responds to the angel, but only to half the questions. Because she knows where she is coming from. She's running from an unbearable, indignant behavior of her mistress. She's running from 
hatred and contempt. She's running, Lord, I'm running. She's running, trying to find herself. I'm running. Don't know where I'm going. Don't know what I'll face. Don't know who will catch me. But, Lord, I'm running. Perhaps at this stage, in her heart, it probably doesn't even matter. But what does God say to her? God tells her, go back. God sends her back and the oppressive hand of Sarah and commands her to submit to her. Back into that servitude. Just when she was starting to experience some sweetness of freedom, surely, This God did not know what she had to endure. And even if God did, how can he expect her to return willingly? God's message had to pierce Hagar's soul. There was no promise of soothing Sarah's heart. There was no sign of protection from Abraham. Hagar was was told to return in the same circumstances, she had fled and surrender under her heavy-handed owner. Once again, bloom, Hagar, where you're planted. Question. Have you ever tried to flee from pain and yet felt you had to return to endure again the unbearable presence of your spouse, your family, or your job? Could it be, it may be hard to accept that, that, that God is not interested in changing your circumstances. God is interested in changing you. God will use difficult people like sandpaper to rub the rough edges off of us. God is preparing you like rough edges are or not, if they're not removed, if they're not sanded or taken off, then all the hard things, you wouldn't be able to prepare for your future. God got to sometimes just rub all that roughness off and will use difficult people to do that. And that is process is needed in order to prepare you for your future. Being content with your fate in life is difficult at times. But you have the authority, you have the ability to accomplish any and everything God places in front of you. God has placed you right where God needs you. You have the power and the ability. You can be a mover and a shaker right where you are. Operate within your skills knowledge and talent that you have, you can achieve any and everything God has placed in your dreams. You have the world before you. The world is your canvas to manipulate and change. Within you, God has placed a creative spirit to draw and sculpture your destiny. Go back And allow God to move you and mold you for your destiny. In a letter to the church of Philippi, the Apostle Paul wrote, he says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. 
He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And he ends by saying, I can do all things through him, through Christ, who gives me strength. Sometimes we may not understand why we work where we work. We may not understand why we live where we live or or why we serve where we serve. But we are sure that God has strategically positioned us in the precise location that God needs us to be for such a time as this. Make the most of every opportunity. I read a story about a pastor that was working late one Saturday night, and and she decided to call her husband before she left for home. It was about 10 o'clock at night, and her, but her husband didn't answer the phone. The pastor, she let the phone ring many times, and she thought it was odd that that he didn't answer, but she decided to go ahead and wrap things up, wrap things together, and, and try again in a few minutes. When she tried, though, this time he answered. And she asked him, she said, why didn't you answer before? And he said, because the phone didn't ring here at home. And they, they just brushed it off and thought, oh, it's, it's a fluke, and, and went their way. But the following Monday, that following Monday, the pastor was back at her office and she received a call that that same phone that she used Saturday night. And the woman that she spoke with wanted to know why she called her house on Saturday night. The pastor, she couldn't figure out what the woman was talking about. And then the woman said, the phone rang and rang, but I didn't answer. And then the pastor remembered the mistaken phone number she had dialed, and she apologized for disturbing the woman, explaining that she intended to call her husband, but dialed her number by mistake. The woman said, that's okay, but she said, can I share with you my story? The pastor said, sure. She said, you see, I was planning to commit adultery and commit suicide on Saturday night. Before, but before I did, I prayed. I said, God, if you're there and you don't want me to do this, give me a sign now. She said, at that point, my phone started to ring. I looked at the caller ID and it said, Almighty God. She said, I was afraid and did not answer. Well, the reason it showed on the woman's caller ID, Almighty God, is because the name of the church that the pastor was calling from is called Almighty God Tabernacle. That's a miracle. You know, we expect God to show up when all is well and we feel good about ourselves. We expect God to show up when we feel we are worthy of God's presence. We even expect God to show up, of course, on Sunday morning when we're in high praise and worship. But what we fail to understand that God will show up even in the lowest point of your life. God will show up when you feel unlovable. God will show up when you feel wronged and miserable. God will show up when others turn their back on you. 
God will show up when your attacker is upon you. God will show up before you step over the edge. That's why we go back. Go back because God already has a way out for you. Go back because your destiny is not determined by your circumstance. Go back because God wants to take you places you've never been before. Go back. Be the best that you can be right where you are. You know, it may have been hard for Hagar to see why she was brought to that particular place and then told to go back. But wherever God places us, God intends for us to remain in him, to to trust in him, to grow and to bloom and bear good fruit. And that may seem like a tall order at times, especially when you have people pulling you down and the atmosphere seems unsettled. To bloom and bear fruit means unbearable. It may seem unbearable when, when, you know, you really feel down and depressed. It's unable to, to think or do anything positive. And you start to ask yourself, what's the point of it all? But it's out of those struggles that God is able to bring beauty to your lives. Without the dirt and mud, without the stench of fertilizer, without the storms that bring rain, you would not have the bountifulness of a garden. Some of you may not see how you can rise out of your situation, but bloom then in the middle of your mess. God had planted a seed in you a long time ago, a seed that will take you higher. You have a seed of greatness inside of you. Don't settle. Don't quit. Don't run. Go back. Bloom where you're planted. For Hagar, not only did God come, but also God spoke to her. And out of that encounter, Because of her interaction, her relationship that had been developed with God, she said, you are the God who sees me. While God did not change her external circumstances, Sarah didn't change. Abraham didn't change. The environment didn't change. Hagar changed. God changed everything inside of her. Her heart was at peace. Only God can empower us to rise above our circumstances and feel us to be filled free under bondage. In Christ Jesus, we're able to see life in a different way. For some of us, even for myself, we never thought our life would be like it is. I never thought I would go to other countries. I never thought I would meet such wonderful people or, or have a ministry that, that bloomed and, and be in positions of leadership. Some of us never thought our heart could feel again, never thought the pain would let us stand, never thought our tears could go away. But when you give your life over to Christ, to God, and promise to serve, him wherever whatever your situation you can bloom you have 
hope. You have a future. You have possibilities. So wherever you are in your life, bloom. Don't wither. Bloom. Don't die there. Bloom. Because God has great things in store for you. Bloom where you're planted. Blessings and peace. This is Rosie's Pantry, Food for Thought. If you'd like to support this program, you can donate through PayPal at R. Booker Jones. That's at R. Booker Jones through PayPal. Again, I appreciate everyone that is listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Until next time, have a blessed day.